you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. Number 16, verse number 1. You can remain seated. The Bible says this, Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there a harlot, and he went into unto her. And it was told that... Uh, that uh, Gashite saying, Samson has come hither, and they compassed com him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and, and, where the, and, and quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, um, bar and all, and put them up upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill up to the top of the hill, um, that is before Hebron. That's impressive right there. I don't know about y'all, that's impressive. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of, of Zorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines uh, came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Deliah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, uh, uh, wherein thou great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound uh, uh, to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green... Uh, green widths uh, that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up unto her seven green widths which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. And there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, uh, Samson. And he brake the widths as the thread of a to of, of toe is, is broken with it, uh, when it toucheth his fire, uh, it's the fire. Uh, so his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou bind me uh, fast with new ropes that have never been uh, um, uh, occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound them there wherewith and said unto, them, the, uh, said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, uh, Samson. And there were liars in, the, in wait, and there were liars in wait abiding in the chambers, and he brake them from off his arms uh, like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the, with the web. And she fastened it with the pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awakened out of his sleep and went away with the pen of beam and with the web. And he said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thou heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me thus three times, and hast not told me wherewith uh, thou uh, thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she uh, pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, uh, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will be will go from the, from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she went and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money under their hand, 
and she made uh, him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and he and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, uh, to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, "The Philistines be upon thee, Samson." And he awoke out of his sleep and said, "I will go out at other times um, before and shake and and shake myself." Saddest verse in the Bible, saddest words of the Bible, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put his eyes up and and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with feathers of brass, and he did a grind in the in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered him together uh, uh, for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath prevailed, hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they, uh, for, for they said, Our God hath delivered unto our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson, um, that he may uh, make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold on the, of, the, of, the two pillar, of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which on which it was born, uh, uh, born up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all of his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his, uh, so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren, all the house of the father, came down and took him and uh, brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Esthel and to, uh, in the burying place of Manoah the father and, and judged Israel, and, and he judged Israel 20 years. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. I thank you, Lord, for this, uh, ver- this chapter of Scripture, God. I thank you, Lord, for it, God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us tonight, God. And I pray, God, that you'll anoint our words as we preach, God. I pray, God, that you'll bring back to memory everything that we've studied, God. Use us in a mighty way tonight, God. God, we need you tonight, God, in a, in a mighty, mighty way. Lord, help us tonight. We'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, this, this, this week, we're going to talk about Samson and his prison tonight. Samson and his prison. There is one reason why Samson is in this prison, and that is because of one word, sin. Uh, sin put him in prison. Can I just say that? And can I tell you what sin will do? Sin will put you in prison. Uh, sin will, will, will bound you uh, like you've never been bound before. Uh, uh, sin will, will hold you up and, and sin will tie you down and affect others. Sin is something that all Christians will battle with throughout their entire life. The Bible says this, it's a wages of sin is death. Um, this is the most, one of the most powerful statements in our Bible. The wages of sin is death. That means your payment for sin is death. Uh, the ultimate payment for sin is death. But can I say this right here? I'm thankful that the Bible don't end right there. Uh, the Bible goes on and says that the gift of God, uh, but, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and so can I tell you tonight that 
that though there's sin, uh, uh, God can give you victory over that sin. God can cleanse you from that sin. And, 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 and that's, that sin does not have to determine uh, your outcome tonight. Sin may have gotten you where you're at, but sin does not have to be your downfall. Uh, Christ can restore you, as we're going to look at here tonight. And Christ can um, uh, be your restoration tonight if you'll let Him. Um, I'm thankful that God doesn't just, um, uh, just let us uh, die uh, with sin. I'm thankful for that. And Samson's life is a perfect example of that. For a way of introduction tonight, I want to look at two realities of every Christian life. There is two realities tonight. Number one, the reality that we're going to sin and that we're going to come short of the glory of God. If you thought tonight, church, that the day you got saved, that you was never going to sin again, I'm here to tell you, honey, you got that messed up and you got that wrong. Uh, can I tell you what? I got saved very young. I'll go on to say this. I have sinned more since I've been saved than I did before I got saved. Uh, uh, that's a true statement about me. Um, I have. We all battle sin, and we're all going to come short of the glory of God. That's one reality that we need to come to. The second reality tonight that we need to realize is that even though God forgives us um, uh, of our sins, which He will, if you'll ask Him, God will forgive you. That, that's, that's the truth of our, of our Bible. But there still is a time of chastisement, and that God does uh, uh, chasten uh, who He loves. The Bible says um, in Hebrews, I, I just about quoted it, in Hebrews twelve six. it says, For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Can I say this right here? There is a punishment for sin. Um, there's a time where God will uh, correct His children. I'll say this right here. That's that cost of sin that we don't want to pay. Uh, the Bible does say that. God is love, but He also corrects us when we are wrong. Can I say this? That I'm thankful... Uh, that when I am wrong, God corrects me. I'm thankful for that conviction that is still on my life. Can I tell you what? I'm thankful that when I hear a preacher preach on the Word of God and start preaching my cornrow, if you want to look at it like that, when he starts preaching up what I'm dealing with uh, and that God convicts my heart, I'm thankful for those times in my life. I'm thankful for when God says, you're wrong here. You need to get this right in your life. I'm thankful for that. Uh, uh, so many times we worry about the preacher stepping on our toes. I'm thankful that the preacher was prayed up that he could step on my toes. Uh, um, if you understand what I mean by that. Um, but, but God is a God of love, but He also is a God of, of chastisement. Job said this about, correct, about the correcting hand of God. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou chastening of the Almighty. That's Job 5.17. Chastisement is painful and endure, but is the absolute proof of the love of God. Let me say that again. I love that little one-liner. Chastisement is painful to endure, but it is the absolute proof of the love of God on us. Can I say this right here? I, when, when I realize I've done wrong, can I say this? I'm thankful for that. That means God is living in me to tell me that I've done wrong. Um, that's, that, that's that correcting hand of God. I'm thankful for that. Samson was a man um, with great potential as we talked about last week, but he never quite reached the level of his life uh, um, that he was able to live up to that potential. Uh, his name means this, distinguished and strong. Uh, but he was anything but distinguished and strong. The Spirit of God came upon him from time to time, but he failed to walk in the power of the Spirit of God day in and day out. And can I tell you, folks, what we miss in our Christian life today is the fact that we don't walk in uh, uh, the Spirit of God on a daily basis. Can I tell you what we should do every morning when we wake up? We should wake up and beg God that the Spirit of God will guide us throughout our day. That the Spirit of God will rest on our shoulders. That, that the, the, the Spirit of God will protect us throughout the day. 
And that's what that's where we miss that as one with Samson. Because of his rebellion of his sin, Samson found himself in the prison house of chastisement. So I want to look tonight at this thought of the, the Samson's prison. Samson's prison. And tonight, uh, number one today, I want to look at this right here, the road to his prison. The road that Samson traveled to his prison was a road that he didn't um, have to travel on. He didn't have to travel on that road to prison. He could have done that which was right in the sight of God from the beginning and he would have never had to face the trials and tribulations that he faced. He would have never had to go through those heartbreaking times. He would have never had to see the love of his life betray him multiple times. Uh, uh, I, can't, I don't understand that, by the way. Uh, three different times she tried to kill him, if you want to look at it like that. And he didn't see through it. He didn't see three different times she tried to come after him and not one time did she ever come through it. Did, did he ever see through uh, the disguise um, that she was trying to do? Um, and that just shows you right there that he wasn't spirit and field. He could not discern that situation. Uh, and can I tell you what? We need to pray that God will give us discernment on situations. Can I tell you what? There are demons out there that want to get a hold of you. Can I tell you what? There's people out there that want to get a hold of you. There's people out there that want to destroy you. Satan desireth to have you. That's what he wants. He's, he's walking around like a lion seeking uh, whom he may devour. He wants you. And can I tell you what? You need to have discernment uh, on the things of God and the things of your life. God had given him the power and position in Israel. And Samson wanted this opportunity um, to gratify uh, this lust of the flesh. That's, Samson lived that life. Look right here, his road, look right here. It was a road of, dis it was, it's a road of disobedience. Samson was supposed to be a Nazarite from birth. Um, uh, he was not supposed to cut his hair. He was to refrain from wine and strong drink. and He wasn't supposed to eat of anything of the vine. He was supposed to avoid all contact with dead bodies. But Samson, um, Samson we read that he never himself cut his hair. Not one time did Samson ever cut his hair. But can I tell you what he did do? He put himself in a position to where his hair uh, would be cut. Uh, he laid his head down, if you want to look at it like that. How many times in our Bible do we read about somebody, before they had some great sin in their life, they went down? Let me think about Jonah. Instead of going to Nineveh, he went down to Joppa. Uh, you, you think about different, that's a great example of that. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, David, he was laying down in the bed. Uh, uh, when, when God woke him up, or when he got woke up, I mean, uh, uh, he was laying down in the bed. How many times in our Bible do we see that statement about going down? And can I tell you what? Samson laid his head down. Uh, uh, can I tell you what? You better not drop your head when you're around the enemy. You better not drop your head around uh, uh, people you can't trust. And uh, that goes back to this. You better be careful who you give your heart to. Uh, there's so much to preach in the life of Samson, I'm telling you. I could give, I'd give you hours on it. Uh, but you better be careful of who you give your heart to. Samson gave his heart to the wrong person and laid his head down in her lap. And it all boils down to disobedience. He put himself in that situation. We never see a record of him partaking of the fruit of the vine. He done that right in his life at least, but he, 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 he never took of it. But Samson violated his vow by his contact with the dead bodies. He refused to listen to God with this. You think about this when he went over there and killed the, killed the lion and got the honey out of the lion. You remember that story? Uh, he went and took it back to his... Uh, to his uh, father and mother. He never told them where he got the uh, where he got it from. He was trying to deceive them. He was just disobedience from the beginning of his life. And, and can I tell you what, church, if we need to live obedient unto the Lord, uh, song that we used to sing to the teenagers, Miss Caitlin, you may remember this, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. That's one of the best songs that you can sing with your kids. 
Uh, obedience. Can I tell you what? We need to be obedient unto the Lord. If God tells us to do it, we should do it. If God tells us not to do it, we shouldn't do it. I tell you what Christians do today, they look at what God says don't do, and it's like they take out the word don't, and they just do it. And so many times that things that were wrong 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I was a kid, uh, don't seem to be a problem today. It just seems like, oh, it's a norm. It's a normal to go out to eat and see people drink. I tell you what, I, it still bothers me when I sit down at a restaurant, I look over and there's a beer sitting over on, on the counter next to me. It bothers me. Uh, it does, and it should bother you as well. Um, it bothers me that there's people in my family that thinks it's okay to sip on a glass of wine every once in a while with their meal. The Bible says don't do it. If the Bible said 2,000 years ago don't do it, honey, we're not supposed to do it today. And that, that's just a matter of fact about it. The problem is we've just let it become our ordinary. He lit his road to prison was a road of disobedience. This road to prison was a road of disappointments. Uh, just reading through the life of Samson, it becomes uh, uh, apparent that um, he was just a spoiled brat. You want to look at it like that. His strength spoiled him. Uh, I could imagine having great strength like that. Uh, I could imagine. I mean, could you imagine going out here with great strength, Brother Vince, and changing the oil in a truck? You just reach underneath there, you pick the, oil, the truck up with one hand and change the oil with the other. I mean, imagine having that kind of strength. That's the kind of strength Samson had. Samson, to kill a thousand men by himself, that's unbelievable strength, what it takes for that to happen. Unbelievable strength. Not only does it take unbelievable strength, it took a lot, a lot of awareness to be able to do that. God gave him a lot of talents that he never used for God. He used it for the upbuilding of his flesh. He, he did. You look at Samson's life, he does nothing uh, uh, to the will of God. He does everything to his flesh. He makes that flesh super, super strong. What if his spirit was as strong as his flesh was? Well, what if Samson's spirit was just as strong as his flesh? Imagine what he could have got done. It was a road of disappointments. But look right here. It was a road of depravity. Uh, Samson had a problem with women. Um, he married outside of the nation of Israel. He sought after a harlot. Samson's downfall came from the hands of a woman. Samson's fleshly passion uh, overcame his power. He was a physically strong man. Look at some of the things he'd done. He killed a thousand men at one time, as I just said. But look right here, that gate that we read over here, I've done some research on that gate. That gate weighed, let's see, where was that? That gate weighed, uh, uh, I forgot, I didn't write the tonnage down. It is a heavy gate. Let me put it that way. I didn't write that down, but it was a heavy gate. But look how far, far he carried it, all right? Let's just say it's a 12 by 12 cattle panel. Brother Vince, if you carry, picked up a 12 by 12 cattle panel before, it's pretty heavy, 12 by 12, 12, by 12. A 12 foot cattle panel, you picked it up, it's pretty heavy, all right? Imagine this. He picked the gates of the city. Now, you know they're bigger than a 12-foot gate, all right? But let's just put it in perspective. He picked this gate up, ripped it off the hinges, first of all. I never read anywhere where he said he opened it. He just ripped them off the hinges. Took it off and then carried it 36 miles. 36 miles up an elevation of roughly a 3,200-foot elevation change. 3,200-foot 3, elevation change in 36 miles. He just toted the gate of the city off. He said, y'all go get that and bring it back. He played fetch with the Philistines is what he done uh, with their gate of the city. You'll get that in a little while. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, he had a lot of strength. He overcame his captors multiple times. He broke bonds. All of this power, yet he was powerless against his flesh. He was so strong physically, but so weak spiritually. He, he was so strong spiritually that he deprived himself spiritually. It's a, road, it's, a road of, it's a road of depravity, but it ended up being a road of death. Samson uh, left the landscape of his life littered with dead bodies of his enemies. 
Uh, yes, he was killing the Philistines, but most of the time he killed them not to free Israel, but to lift up Samson. That was his goal. He killed 30 men just to settle a debt in, in, in uh, Exodus, in, in uh, Judges 14, 19. He left a pile of dead bodies in the way. His road to prison was a deadly road. Look right here, his road to prison was a road of disaster. Samson's life can be described up in one word, a disaster. A disaster. He, his life was a disaster. His parents were heartbroken. His family was humiliated. His wife was uh, given to another man at one point. The name, of, the, the name of God and the testimony of Israel were damaged in the eyes of the heathen. Samson suffered what he did in the end because of how he lived his life. You think about this right here, it was a disaster. You read verses about 22, 23 through about 26, and what you're going to find is that because of his failure, a little G-O-D God by the name of Dagon um, got the praise. You can look up Dagon and tra can't tra uh, trace him straight back to the devil when you study out who Dagon is. He's the devil, if you want to look at it like that. He's Satan himself. They were Satan worshipers, is what they were. And they gave Satan praise because of Samson's downfall. What, read what they were saying. They were saying that it was their God that delivered them. You can read it right in there. It was their God that delivered them. What a disaster. Samson is a man who is a man that should have uh, been after God's heart and been after the things of God. And he should have been, uh, he should have had the people and the Philistines praising God. But instead, uh, because of his downfall, because of his failure, um, because of how he ended up his life, he ends up with the enemy praising their God in front of him. He was supposed to represent God. And instead, he was a disappointment to God. Look right here. We see his. Uh, we see the road to his prison, but look right here. I see the um, the realities of his prison. Um, it was a place of losing. Uh, Samson lost everything. He lost his fellowship with God and his people. Uh, Samson lost that. Samson, when he was, we we find out that he got captured and he was taken in, and 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 the Philistines held him bondage. Um, he he fell. Um, uh, he fell from his position. And I say this right here: when you fall, uh, it's going to cost you something. Uh, you got every one of us has got a position in this church, and can I tell you what? When you fall, it 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 hurts of your position. You lose your position. Can I say this right here? When he fell, he lost his power, and when he fell, he lost his purpose. Samson lost everything that he had. It was a losing road, or it was the reality that he was losing. Um, uh, there is a cost to sin. Uh, you with sin, you'll lose your innocence. You'll lose your family, you'll lose your future, you'll lose your testimony, your power, your tenderheartedness, you'll lose it because of sin. Sin will rob you and leave you broken, barren, beaten, just like David was. I heard an example this week of the situation I was telling you about, about a tree falling. And I want to say this about when a tree falls. I don't know, Brother Vince, if we were to go out here and cut a tree down in the middle of the woods, that it would just fall and not hurt any trees around it. I don't, I don't believe it would. It would probably tear down every tree that was around it. If there's a big oak out there in the woods and we were to cut it down and it were to fall, it's going to hit and probably take out some trees with it. And can I tell you what? That is an example of a Christian life that falls. When a Christian falls, most of the time he doesn't hurt just himself or herself, when he falls, he takes somebody out with him. 
And can I say this tonight, church? If you fall, there's somebody that you're going to take out with you. It may be your loved ones. It may be someone super close to you. But yet again, it may be just a little, a little guy somewhere or a, or a little girl somewhere that may, it may take, I was, that, that situation today, I was, I was talking to a, to a family that's just broken today and um, they've got a little boy who looked up to somebody and, and man, he was his hero. Talking about, he, I'm talking about, he, 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 the, 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 the ground this man walked on, this kid loved him. He failed. And they had to tell that kid that he ain't going to be at church tomorrow. How awful is that? Can I say this right here? Don't be so selfish you think your sin only affects you. Your sin affects everybody around you. Your sin, when you sin against God and you sin against the things of God, it affects the people around you the most. It affect, it'll affect them more than you ever realize. I'm telling you, folks, I don't know why God had me on this tonight, but I know we were going through the life of Samson, but I just want to make sure you understand when you sin, that it don't just affect you. It affects the ones around you. It, it does. I'm telling church, sin, it'll destroy you. Look right here. Not only did he lose his fellowship, he lost his, 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 his faculties. Um, and what I mean by that is he lost his vision. Uh, not just his physical sight, but he also lost his spiritual sight. The Bible says this, he wist not that his strength was gone. He wist, the Bible says right here, he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He had no idea God had even left him. How sad is that? He continued on thinking he had the strength in him. He, he continued on thinking that he had everything under control. But in the end, he didn't. In the end, he failed. I'll just wonder how long Samson had been blinded uh, by a sin condition before his eyes were destroyed. You know, his physical eyes got destroyed in verse number 20. But I wonder how long before that he was, he was blinded by what was really going on around him. I'll say this right here. I, I couldn't help but think if he wasn't blinded from the first time he realized how strong he was. I believe his strength, his, what his God-given talent overshadowed him so much that he forgot who God truly was. And can I say this right here? I see that in churches so much. I see it around. I see it in young people that can sing. I'll be honest with you, that's when I see it at. Young people that can sing, their talent, their talent for singing goes, I'm talking super high, but they miss God. Can I tell you what? I'd rather hear somebody stand up that can't carry a tune in the bucket, but they're filled up with the Holy Ghost, rather than I can stand, than I want to hear somebody that can sing like one of the best singers in the world. They're filled up with God. That makes a difference. What is Samson's life was spirit-filled? What could he have done? I talked about the potential last week, but what could he have done? How long did Samson grind? Before his mind turned back to God. Sin will destroy your spiritual vision. You will lose your vision for the Lord. His house, his word, his work, his people. You'll lose all of that. You'll lose your vision for every bit of that. Um, sin will blind you from that. Can I say this right here? Sin will get to the point, and I believe it does sometimes, that it blinds you from the convictions of God. I do. I, I, I do believe that. I believe there's people sitting in churches today that when conviction hits, they don't even know what to do with it. They think it's just a good service, but God's trying to get a hold of them. God's trying to ring their bell. Samson's life, the realities of his prison, it was a losing place. Um, it was a, it, um, he lost his faculties. He lost his fellowship, but he also lost his freedom. Um, I'm just going to give you that. Look right here. It was not only a, a losing place, it was a place of laboring. Um, the prison Samson finds himself in was a place of binding, a place of blinding, and a place of grinding. 
It was a place of blinding, binding, and grinding. There's your, there's your tongue twister. Um, but uh, grinding uh, is the work that he had to do. Grinding was considered to be a woman's work. Um, this added to Samson's humiliation. Um, uh, Samson was uh, born to be a liberator, yet he was raised up um, uh, by he, he was raised up by God to lead the people out of bondage. He was given power so that he might use the energy for the Lord, glory of God. Uh, but there he is, the mighty judge of Israel. He's blinded, he's bounded, and he's found grinding uh, corn for the enemies of God. Can I say this right here? I thought about this when I was studying about this. You better be careful because when you fall, you may just find yourself feeding the enemy. Look what he was doing right He was grinding corn to feed the enemy. And can I say this right here? When you fall, Satan will grab a hold of you, and instead of you feeding God or you feeding the service, you'll start feeding the, the, the Satan. You'll start feeding the enemy. You'll start feeding the things of the enemy, and you'll be working in his life. You'll be working in his way and doing his things. Um, I thought about a grinder. Uh, Brother Vince, I'm sure you've probably used a grinder in your day. Uh, they'll do some damage, I'm here to tell you. You grab a grinder and a piece of steel, their spark's going to fly like crazy. And what it does, though, I've never seen this, and Brother Vince, you tell me if I'm wrong or not, I've never seen anybody touch a grinder to a piece of steel and immediately it fall apart. It's a slow process to work it down to get sharp. It's a slow process to, even if you're using a cutting wheel, and you've got just a, I've, I've used a cutting wheel on a bolt, little bitty bolt. It takes a minute to cut through that bolt. It doesn't happen as soon as it touches. It's a slow process. And can I tell you what? That's what Satan wants to do with you. He's not going to destroy you all at one time. He's going to slowly get a hold of you. And he's going to grind you down to nothing. He's going to grind you down to where you have no more influence. You have no more power. I, 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 can't, I can't help but think the, the situation that I'm in and the, the person that's involved. I'm telling you, that, that work was grinded in two. There was an amazing work taking place, and now it's gone. I think of another missionary that, that comes in my mind who's, uh, he made a mistake, and his whole family's gone. Uh, the mission field's completely swallowed up, and, and it's nothing's being worked on, all because he decided to make a mistake. And he made that choice. He made his choices. I ain't going to go into the details because I don't know how many people know the details about that. Well, this didn't happen but about a year, year and a half ago. And, and, and how that ministry was just grinded to a pulp is honestly what it does. And this was destroyed. Look right here. It was a, the, 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 I see the road to, to his prison, the reality of his prison. But look right here, and I've got more in that. I see lastly, though, I'm glad and I'm thankful that when we mess up, God don't just leave us somewhere. And I'm not going to leave us on a low. I'm going to leave us on a high tonight, church. When sin happens, yes, there's a road to prison. Yes, there's a, there's a reality of the prison. But can I say this right here? There's a restoration from the prison. And can I tell you what, Samson, he didn't die in his sin. Samson didn't die defeated. Samson didn't die in a lost cause. Samson died being right with God. Before it was all said and done, he cried out to God. Yes, it cost him his life. Yes, it cost him his sight. It cost him more than he ever wanted to pay. Samson's life is a prime example of the old saying, sin will take you longer than you want, or sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Uh, because that's what happened in Samson's life. It ultimately cost him his entire life. He died because of his sin. Yes, he was restored, but he also died. The path of restoration. Look what he done. And can I say, here's my message. Now, I, pray, I got everywhere to get to this point right here. Can I say this right here? here, here here's the message tonight. And I'll give you two minutes and I'll be done. Look right here. The path to restoration. Let me tell you, this is deep. Y'all ready? This is simple. He called out to God. Look at verse number 
Uh, look at verse number 28. It says, Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. And can I tell you what? You may have been in your sin. You know, your sin may have already uh, got a hold of you. Your sin may already be grinding you to a pulp. But can I tell you what tonight? If you'll call on God, He'll answer thee. He'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. And He will restore you tonight if you'll just call on Him. Look, the path to his restoration, he called on God. He called on God. This is the name Elahum. Uh, Samson called on God of the covenant, God of grace, God of power, and God who saves. He did exactly what he needed to do to find the restoration for his soul. And can I say what? Your restoration tonight starts with you calling on God. You ain't going to restore yourself back to a good nature. You're not going to restore yourself back to good standards. It's going to take a thrice holy God to get a hold of your life and to restore you. and play. Yes, there may be a penalty to pay. Yes, there may be a price to pay, but there can still be a restoration if you'll just let it. The path to restoration. Look at the proof of the restoration. The fact that God answered proved that Samson had made things right with the Lord. The fact that the last act of his life was the only selfish act of his entire life proved that he had a heart that was changed for God. Can I tell you this? I've been around situations in, in my ministry, uh, um, um, he, uh, uh, just... Every which thing in my life, I've been around certain situations and I've seen different positions of people that have been called in sin. Can I just say it like that? They've been called in sin. And I've seen the difference in people when they're truly repentive or when they're just sorry they got caught. You know, if you get caught, you're automatically, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But true repentance comes where there's a change. Samson's change here was that he thought about somebody else before he thought of himself. There ain't no other time in his life where he thinks about anybody else. Right here, this was the change that took place. This was the restoration moment and the proof of it was that there was a change. If there was never a change, there may have never been a true restoration to start with. There's a difference between being repentant and being sorry you got caught. When you get caught, you're obviously sorry because the word's out. Everybody knows what happened. But when you're repentant, is when you turn away from that and there's a change in your life. And I've seen people on both ends of the spectrum. I've seen it. And it always comes out in the end. As mom always says, it'll always come out in the wash. It'll always come out in the wash. And uh, that's the truth. It will. The path of restoration, he called on God. The proof of the restoration, he saw the change. But look right here. Even though there was a restoration, there was still a pain. There was still a pain. And the pain was that he had to suffer a tragic death. He literally got squished. He, he literally, the, the walls caved in around him. His restoration was only partial as well. He never fully was restored. If he had been fully restored, he would have went back and would have judged Israel more than 20 years. He was never fully restored. Can I say this right here? There's some things when we, when, when we sin, we permanently lose. And I say this right here. There's preachers out there today that have disqualified themselves from the ministry. And they're no longer allowed to preach the word. Can I say that there's still a call? There's this Bible still right. And can I say this right here? There's some things that you can't get back. There's some positions you can't get back when you're restored. But there is a time of restoration, and it starts tonight. Why don't you call on God tonight? Is there a